Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Shireen, the Adventure Queen. We are back with our podcast with Wyoming Game and Fish. Renee Shell is back in the house. Renee, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I've missed you. It's good to be back. How's your summer been? It's been good. Busy for both of us, I think. Yeah, busy, definitely. Busy. Back to school is here. Fall fishing, hunting. This is really a busy time for Wyoming Game and Fish. I, I think, when are you guys not busy? That's what I was going to say. I think, yeah, we're always busy, but I feel like this time of year for everyone is busy because we're trying to shove in the next few months, the start of school, the start of maybe sports again for kids, and then all the things we want to do outside, hunting, fishing, just being outside before the, the winter, the impending winter comes uh, each year. So it just it feels like a busy time of year. All right. Well, let's talk about hunting. Archery season. We got rifle season coming up, too. And bear safety. Bears seem to be a very hot topic around Wyoming. I feel like more recently in the last few years. And we need to talk about bear safety and why hunters in particular need to be a little extra careful. Yeah, hunters and all throw in fishermen there, too. Even this fall fishing, we tend to see a spike in the spring as people take to the field after winter. So, you know, whether they're fishing or they're antler hunting, we tend to see a spike in conflicts with bears then. And then again in the fall, and particularly when archery season opens. Archers and fishermen are more prone to conflicts with bears than, say, even a hiker or a camper, at at least if you're keeping a clean camp. If you keep a messy camp, you might be prone (laughs) to a bear encounter. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Yeah, hopefully don't do that. But, you know, they're, they're sneaking around, right? So if you're hunting archery, you're quietly pursuing your game. You're trying to be scent free, you know, moving into the wind that way. And then you're masking your scent. You may be sitting still and very camouflaged. You don't have to wear, if it's just an archery season, you don't have to wear orange. So you can, you know, be more hidden. Sometimes you are using game calls, right? Those bears are very curious by nature. Like they want to investigate things. And if they can't figure out what that noise is or what you are, they might keep coming closer. You know, I think there's been over the years in Dubois a couple times when we've had archery hunters and a bear kind of surprise each other because the bear was coming to check out what this noise was and then all of a sudden (laughs) realizes it's a human, you know, kind of scares itself too. So also being active at dusk and dawn. So, you know, I'm usually heading out to that meadow that I want to be in and it is dark and I've got my headlamp on. Those are also times that the bears are up. And then just the handling of those big game carcasses and fish as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But that's sort of why they're more predisposed archers. And then some things people can do is I know it's hard sometimes for archery hunters to want to hunt with a partner, but that really is the best. Or fishing with a partner. (laughs) Or fishing with a partner, (laughs) right? And then this gets even harder to stay in sight of one another. And so sometimes, you know, when you've got a beautiful stream, you're not always seeing your fishing partner. That That isn't handy. But And this is where we've seen folks get into trouble, too, with hunting is they'll split up, lose sight of one another, and then something happens. And it's just, you know, that 
much time to get back or figure out where your partner is. So hunting with a partner, staying within sight, really remaining watchful of bear activity. So sometimes we get tunnel vision, we're walking down the trail, we're thinking about the elk or what I say elk because that's what often puts us in that bear and grizzly bear country. So looking for those signs, looking for bear scat, of course, won't tell you what kind of bear, just that it's a bear. Bears use the same trails we use. They're easy. They're already packed down. Why not just use the trail? So you might find scat in the middle of the trail. You can tell what it's been eating. So if it's full of berries and very seed-like, you might want to avoid the berry patches that day. And When it's full of like pine nuts, it'll be real orangey looking and it'll look a little bit nutty. And so then you might want to avoid like the bottom of pine trees and those big squirrel, you know, caches and middens. They like to raid those for sure. So being aware of where those food sources are, looking for signs, looking for scavengers like bird scavengers because you can see them in the air so magpies and crows and vultures if they're circling you probably want to avoid that area there's probably a carcass that's down or the the entrail so being aware of that carrying a defense that's readily accessible and I say defense because people are comfortable with different things if you're comfortable with a firearm please still carry bear spray readily accessible right then you at least have a choice sometimes you just grab what you're most comfortable with and you feel you know this kind of the quickest and that's all right but if you've got the bear spray no matter what I think it's just it's always a better situation I mean that's what I've learned is from a number of outdoor recreation trips to just have both I feel like it's almost essential now in my opinion but the bear spray in particular though is the number one thing to be carrying with you and for me yeah I mean I feel like the nice thing with the bear spray is if you have time to deploy and if it's really on your person so it's on your hip or it's on your chest right or it's hooked to the sometimes I'll put it on the waist belt of my backpack that's a great place for it so if it's readily accessible and you have time the potential is both the your party and the bear could leave unharmed but leave each other right and so often these bears it's surprise encounters right and it's a bear acting like a bear and they're not seeking you out for food right or doing anything that they shouldn't do it's just that you probably scared them (laughs) i want like a spider-man thing on my wrist that just shoots out the bear spray because i'm clumsy and when something spooks me i'm afraid what will happen in that case right right. you shoot it at yourself or something yeah or just fumbling around not being able to actually to to grab it so i think often of those things but being prepared is the number one prevention of, of that there have been times in my life when you just feel like something's watching you or you feel like there's something on the trail and I will walk with my bear spray in my hand and sometimes with the safety off because there is a safety on it that you should at least go outside and practice how to take that Mm -hmm. safety off it's really easiest if you stick your finger through the hole and then pop it with your thumb Mm -hmm. back sometimes people try to squeeze it with their thumb and finger and that doesn't always work you want to be really quick with it so practicing taking that off outside but yeah there have been times that I'll walk with it and I think well, if I trip and fall this might I might accidentally deploy the bear spray but then at least I guess I'm ready with it too so what do you guys recommend for practicing with bear spray I know you guys have the simulator but I'm always also I've never actually deployed bear spray before 
I can't believe you haven't come to some of our giveaways. Well, okay, in the morning. Shireen. You can do it in the morning. I know. This is true. And we did one in the spring that was at least on a weekend. I did talk to the guys because we just had one. I did talk to them about, hey, maybe we do it over the lunch hour and we could get a few more people or on the weekend again. But we use the inert spray. So it does not have the capsaicin in it. It does not have the red pepper (laughs) in it. So I don't recommend. People have told me they've gone outside. I was just going to say that's what I would do. Yeah. And you you can. I would do it on a a day that is not windy and that you or at least that you know you're, (laughs) you know, it's not going to blow back on you. I don't want to waste the bear spray either. I don't don't blame you. It's expensive. I wouldn't want to waste it. Okay. So the inert. 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 You can order inert spray. Okay. Yeah. Or you can wait until we have one of our giveaways and try it. Too. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I always think about that because I do go outdoors quite a bit and I'm like, I have never deployed. What if I don't know what I know. I'm doing? What if I don't know? Okay. So let's talk about it really quick. So pr- you could practice taking that safety off and that is usually what fumbles people up the most. Okay. And then, you know, it's helpful. Who knows if you're going to think of all these things in the moment, but <laughs> it's helpful if you can hold it with two hands. So you've got one hand on the can and then one hand is on the, the trigger. But again, like less important than maybe the other things. And then what some people do is they'll hold it straight out from their body, from their shoulder, and that's too high. So you need to Mm -hmm. aim it. If you hold it there, you need to aim it down almost to the ground. So if it's a bear, if it's a charging bear, that means to make contact with you, their nose is almost touching the ground. And you want to get it in their face. You want to get it in their eyes. Right. And the cloud will rise. So even if you go a little too low, the cloud is still going to rise and they're going to run through it. If it's a bluff charge, usually their head is actually really high. And that's something you can look at. And I know that people are My like, brain's not I'm gonna not going to have the time. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, but listen to this. I bet it would. So think about how quickly you can process things. And I know this happens in a matter of seconds. But let's say you're at a neighbor's house. You're going to visit a friend and you decide to go there and they say, come in, we're in the backyard. You go through the side gate. Here comes their golden retriever around the corner, tails up, you know, they're they're barking at you, but the tails up, their tongue is wagging, their ears are up immediately within a split second, you know it's okay. I can go in the gate. This is a happy dog, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. That dog comes around the corner, tails tucked between its legs. The hair is up on the back of its neck. Its ears are back and it's barking at you. A split second, you know, I'm I'm not going in this gate. So it's very similar with bears. So anyway, you would be, you'd be surprised. I'm I'm already learning. I can't believe I just didn't even realize how to deploy the bear spray properly below or uh, above and how that kind of worked. I need to get better on it. I mean, you talk about having the essential items when you're in the backcountry to prepare yourself, but when you don't know how to use it, and I'm putting myself on blast, how many times am I out there and I'm just now, A, have never actually practice it but b had no idea how to learn it to aim low to aim and that low kind of and yeah. stuff so i hope yeah. people who are listening to this podcast are also picking up on a couple of these tips and tricks which is really what it's all about yeah i hope so too and then i would say you know i would do short bursts i i don't you know it might be the temptation to hold that trigger down and empty the whole can you really don't want to do that because you might need it again so short bursts are going to be better and it's nice to not hike out with an empty can Right. True. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I'm learning so much. Now let's talk about the fishing aspect. I go up into the backwoods and I have some friends. They love to do the backcountry multiple day trips, but sometimes in those trips they're harvesting some fish. Yep. 
Yeah, so with fishing, there's a couple things going on. The Often you're near streams that are loud. Sometimes you've got willows where the bears love to sleep in the daytime and the willows. So your sight is obstructed. They can't see you. You can't see them. They can't hear you. Sometimes even if you're saying, you know, hey, bear, they can't hear you. So there's those things. And then, yeah, we have had trouble in the past. And I'll just call out kind of that Brooks Lake area up there. We have some grizzly bears that like to they they will wait until you harvest a fish and you clean it out and you put the guts on the bank which I'm saying don't do here but they will wait and they'll come in and eat the guts and this poses a problem so we've had to crack down in years past and then the bears kind of moved on but this year it's been a problem again so when so I would say do you know dispose of those guts like if you're out in the middle of the lake fishing that's fine put them in the water mm-hmm. but if don't leave them stream side and even if it's a shallow stream and you're throwing it in the stream you know if they're not going to go very far I would say don't leave it to bring an extra bag just for the the guts of those fish because the last thing we want is a bear associating people with food. Right. That's, that's unintentional feeding, too, for those, or maybe intentional feeding, depending on yeah, what. Yeah, Unintentional feeding. In Alaska, they have that issue majorly yep. with the salmon, as people are catching the salmon and cleaning them out right there. And then yep. uh, they're so, but they're so used to eating salmon up there, it's a little bit different. But the same concept, though, of mm-hmm. wanting to just make sure that you are not the one that is unintentionally or intentionally feeding these animals, because a fed animal is a dead animal. So that's yeah. what we say. Yeah. And then just lastly, you know, if you harvest, an animal it's great to have two people while you're field dressing you have one person looking and one person field dressing and then sort of as you know especially in grizzly bear country as you know quickly as you can to really separate the carcass from the gut pile and again especially if you're gonna have to make multiple trips in and out you really want those at a distance the bear wants that nutrient rich fat rich gut pile because they are also busy this time of year just like we are and they're packing on nutrients so separate that out and then certainly if you have to come back like if you have to leave it overnight or leave part of it overnight make sure it's somewhere where you can sight it from a distance you can see it to see if anything has moved it and then again far away from your gut pile and then if a bear does take the you know kind of claim your carcass don't don't try to take it out from the bear (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't even don't even mess with that but do let game and fish know if that's happened that way someone won't report it later as a poached animal or if they do then at least we know kind of what was going on well great bear safety tips with renee shell and wyoming game and fish we do have some more podcasts coming up that i encourage you to listen to one about beavers and if you have beavers on your property these are fantastic podcasts to listen to as many people who do encounter beavers think they're a nuisance and so renee shell will explain some more about beavers and how wyoming game and fish can help with that and then we're also going to have a podcast quickly talking about the regulations for wyoming game and fish and some really cool resources that are available online as well so that's coming up up with the County 10 podcast, Shereen the Adventure Queen, Renee Shell, Wyoming Game and Fish. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.